0: Welcome to a very special episode of the New World Podcast. Uh, We'll tell you why in just a second, but it's it's very special. So buckle in. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Hello. And Erica. I'm buckled in. (laughs) Thank you for everybody. I'm worried about everybody's safety. I'm I'm not. I'm not wearing
1: a seatbelt. I'm going. I'm. eh, I'm living on the wild side. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Let's see where this goes.
0: this is a special episode because it is Roger Corman's birthday, just, just a young, sprightly 95, wow. and uh, we are going to talk about one of his movies today. We're not, now, uh, ironically, um, since we're the New World Podcast, we talk about every movie that's released by New World Pictures. This one, we're, this is not a New World movie this is no. a roger corman directed movie oh so we're going to talk <laughs> even, about
2: even though i watched it i'm still surprised yeah. to learn oh <laughs> you
0: didn't you didn't. You were not aware
2: this I is just, uh s- snooze through the credits i guess <laughs> this is also
1: a b- b- bonus episode
0: yes
2: well it's a it's
0: a it's it's a slightly different than just a bonus episode because this is like a it's a
1: birthday episode
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly there you go yes it's a very special birthday episode and uh you know which we've never done before but we're going to talk about a 1960 movie the first edgar Allan poe movie that he directed house of usher
2: only the incomparable genius of edgar Allan poe could knit them so closely together the burning passions of the purest of loves, the deadly passions of the madly prurient. Madeline, you're leaving this house with me tomorrow. Only I could. For hundreds of years, evil thoughts and evil deeds have been committed within these walls. The house itself is evil now. Here they all are, ushers.
0: This is monstrous.
2: It waits for me because very soon I shall be dead. Oh, Madeline, come away with me now.
0: Yes, this is House of Usher, aka Fall of the House of Usher, aka Life was Better in Boston,
1: aka Vincent Price just going all in, all yeah. in.
0: Yeah, aka Blonde Vincent Price. I know. All,
1: yeah, Blonde. Comb over Vincent Price, yeah. who I mean, his hair in this movie, wow, it's fantastic.
0: <laughs> this is the very first collaboration um, between Roger Corman and Vincent Price. They would do eight of these movies, uh, these uh, Edgar Allan Poe adaptations, um, which is the most for either one of them to work with either a director or an actor. So,
1: so I think you just set the bar for Mr. Corman himself. He's got to live eight more years so we can do the whole eight facta of these movies right
0: yeah we, if 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 we're only going to do these once a year on his birthday then yes <laughs> he's got to live He's going to live to be 103 so we can get through all
2: of these come on roger <laughs> you can do it roger roger <laughs> take your vitamins drink your
0: milk i feel like he's he's gotta be because he's 95 is no you know it's pretty good well done um, so let's take that Vincent. We're not going to. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, Too yeah. Soon. Um, okay. we're not going to do like a full episode like we normally do, but we will at least go around and talk about what this movie is about just to Ugh. start. Mark, uh, what was this movie? About? I have no
1: clue. I have no clue. <laughs> I, I, there's a curse on a town and Vincent Price is the devil or one of the devil's apprentices and then I don't know I really don't know for the most part I was even towards the end when they, <laughs> the the plot kind of comes together I was still like I didn't realize that this was the movie I was watching
0: <laughs> <laughs> Erica do you know what this movie's about
2: yeah. Just stop nagging me, all right, or I'm gonna go nuts. <laughs> stop nagging me, stop trying to lock me in my coffin, just let me do my thing, or I'm gonna go insane. And mm. then you're gonna be like, uh oh, mm. I pushed her a little too far. Mm. She's gone mad. No, you've driven me mad. It's about the it's about, you know, the amount of patience that a lady has. Nope. And when it runs out, she's mad. That's she's right. gone mad, not she's fucking had enough. Oh, God, sorry to just drop an F on your birthday episode, Raj. (laughs) Shoot.
0: Um, Interesting that you think it's a warning. I also thought it was a warning. And to me, it was a warning that when you see a red flag, you probably should take note of it and act accordingly. Yeah. Because this movie is about a guy who gets every single red flag, but will not leave. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Until... The house literally burns down and everyone but himself is dead. Right, (laughs) Yeah. right.
2: But even then, I feel like he's like, I could rebuild.
0: He's like, I don't know. (laughs) I still think we, I don't know. It might work out between us. He's all,
2: didn't we almost have it all? Like, go, bro. It's time to go. It's time to go. Like, first
0: of all, her brother says, you cannot marry my sister. Then he's like, yeah, but I'm gonna. No, I'm gonna take her out of here. He's like, you can't take her out of here. Well, I'm going to. The butler's like, you really should just get out of here, and you really shouldn't be here. It's like, well, I'm gonna stay here. Don't go in and look at her cough at her grave uh, or her coffin, rather. Up, uh, nope. I'm gonna take a, qu- a quick peek at it if you don't mind. Uh, like, like, when are you gonna figure this out and leave, dude?
2: This I just feel like when the butler gives you some real talk yeah 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 you listen to the butler you listen listen to the butler now this is really for the
0: benefit of mark but let's go over to letterboxd which we have a letterboxd account so by all means you should look us up and see what we're about on letterboxd but here's what house of usher or the fall of the house of usher um is according to letterboxd and i i i I read this. It's very long, and I was a little nervous about it because I was like, "I'm not sure if some of this is true," but and I'm not sure you guys would be able to help me with this. But let's let's take a look. After a long journey, that much is true. Philip arrives at the Usher mansion, seeking his loved one, Madeline. Mm-hmm. Upon arriving, however, he discovers that Madeline and her brother Roderick Usher have been afflicted with a mysterious malady. So far, so good.
1: I, I still didn't get that. I still wasn't 100% sure yeah, on that. Yeah, I didn't yes. I, I did not get no. that they
0: were afflicted. That yes. that, mal- well,
1: that, well, that well, malady was subtle, real subtle. Very
0: <laughs> subtle. Well, there is a scene where he talks about this. So, Roderick's senses have become painfully acute, so he talks about this where he tells uh he tells Philip that like he never he hasn't been out in the sun and like all sounds and all of his senses like they all give him pain. So, he does tell him at one point about this. Uh, while Madeline. I don't um, remember
2: him telling that, but God, I can relate. <laughs> I feel like I am Roderick. Yeah.
0: Like, Vincent, Vincent that's just, that just age. Just that's being just alive getting older. That's
2: painful. Yep. Oh, God. I hear that. Being in the sun, warm I, yeah, sun. Painful. I wake up in
0: the morning and I'm like, ugh, Ouch. fuck. Yeah. Ugh, oh, this, yeah. Oh, I'm in pain.
2: God, maybe we live in the house yeah, of sure.
0: <laughs> Um, While Madeline has become catatonic. Okay. That's true.
2: Well, all right. She has.
0: Uh, (laughs) that evening Roderick tells his guest of an old Usher family curse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so far again. Here's where I'm like, "Mm, I miss this. I miss this if this is true. Anytime there has been more than one Usher child, all of the siblings have gone insane and died horrible deaths. Now
1: no clue. That's not in the movie. That is not in the movie.
0: I don't know. I don't remember that. She certainly gives him a tour of the family crypt, which is always romantic. Yeah. Uh, when you're like, come to come downstairs and see all of the graves of my dead ancestors. Yeah. It's pretty metal. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's what I learned. And Madeline's like...
0: She's fucking hardcore. She's goth. Yeah, she's, right? she is goth. She's pretty goth. Death metal. Yeah, yeah. I'd say
1: like Swedish black metal is what she's really yeah. to.
2: <laughs> she's like, welcome. People think I'm catatonic. Let's go see my dead brothers and sisters. <laughs> exactly.
0: I just didn't realize it was like if one usher... There was like two ushers. I didn't realize that. That's not something I remember. Anyway, uh, as the days wear on, <laughs> only a couple days really, the effects of the curse reach their terrifying climax. That's what the movie is about.
1: That there's also a flaw in that last. There's also a flaw in that last sentence. Yeah. Terrifying climax is a yeah, little bit. Well, I have to say, I uh, I I had a real when they introduced a seven-year-old girl as a little person, I. I kind of, my head got kind of stuck around that one for a while. And then when she spoke and actually spoke with a woman's voice, that was a hard stop for my brain. I just went, I don't understand what's happening. The, (laughs) remember they have the dancing. It is obviously not a little person. It's just a little girl, but they're trying to make her out to be a little person. And I was like, you couldn't find like a little, a female little person. You had to find a little girl.
2: I must have nodded
0: off at that. <laughs> yeah. Thing. I don't even I, remember that. <laughs> I'm hoping we watch the same movie, Mark.
1: I, I would assume so.
0: <laughs> it did have Vincent Price in it,
2: right?
1: Hmm. hmm. Now that I oh, think about it, to, wait a minute.
2: He's having to think because Vincent Price comes out right away.
1: <laughs> no, um, I watched a different movie now that I realize it. <laughs>
2: Like a little birthday. Happy like a little
0: girl. Birthday, Roger <laughs> I Corman. I think
2: Roger would appreciate nothing so you, more than you, us confusing I, you with <laughs> yeah. So you watched a I, different Roger I, Corman? I, I may have uh,
1: I may have watched The Mask of the Red Death.
2: Ah,
0: uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. I think you did. I think you did. Because I was like, I don't remember him having to comb over it. He does have dye blonde hair. But well, it uh, is sort
1: of a blondish hair. Uh, but I was willing to go with you on that. Sort of a sandy blonde. Don't uh,
2: you feel like his hair was white and they just kind of tinted it blonde? I feel no. He he, dyed it. That was his thing. That he actually he uh, had blonde hair.
0: He dyed his hair blonde. That was uh, Vincent Price's decision. Um, for this movie, well, and he for died. This character. Bl- he, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He
2: died at blonde. Yes, like he yes, wasn't yes. a natural blonde. No, 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 no. I like to think that much like you, Ryan, he was born just a silver fox and was just a baby with gorgeous silver locks. <laughs> <laughs> and then, for his roles, he was like, I should do this blonde so I look different. So, so,
1: so for this episode, I'm going to be the audience, and I'm going <laughs> to I'm playing the role of the audience. I'm going to listen to you talk about this movie
0: <laughs> and comment so, back. It, so technically speaking, it could be that th- there's if there's more than two usher children, there's a curse. We don't have that confirmed.
1: <laughs> when you were explaining the plot, I was like, I can I can buy that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I mean now I got to look up Mask of Red Death and see what that's about. See if this makes is more sense close? to you.
1: Um, and there is a there is a woman that's possessed and from the devil and. Uh, it, I I, I, I said Vincent Price is like playing basically, you know, a a demon or Satan himself. And you guys didn't question me on that. So I thought, I think, oh, I guess we're explaining the same movie.
2: because a European in House of Osher, I was like, yeah, he could, I guess, have been the devil. But he also felt like he, I felt like he was also he, in it, like trapped in it.
0: Yeah, he, maybe he, he, he does seem very like he seems like the villain from the from the jump. But he's just trying to get, you know, um, Mark Damon to not like marry his sister and to get out of there.
1: So this movie is a European prince terrorizes the local peasantry while using the castle as a refuge against the, quote, Red Death, end quote, plague that stalks the land. Now, does that sound more like the movie you watched? Uh, it is the movie I watched, so...
0: <laughs> so it is confirmed that you watched The Mask of the Red Death, which, at the very least, has a very similar title to The Fall of the House of Usher. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Oh
1: uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's you can see how you you can you can see how someone would have got these confused, right? You can see that.
0: I mean why do they name these movies so
1: similar right. to each other that someone could get so easily confused? Right.
0: Okay, well oh, I mean uh there are eight of these movies, so that makes sense. It's you can get Roger, confused. you only
1: have to live seven more years. <laughs>
2: Well, 6 really cuz now we're now it's like a 2 for 1. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well,
0: let me just say, um I actually thought this was pretty good. So, just to let you know, Mark. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's pretty great. It's pretty a lady good.
2: goes crazy and chokes out Vincent Price.
1: Ironically, in The Mask of the Red Death, a lady also goes crazy and gets attacked by a million by several demons from other parts of the world. So yeah. when you said a lady go cra- goes crazy, I thought, yeah, that sounds pretty close to it. The burning <laughs> down at the end was a little confusing to me. I thought maybe I nodded <laughs> off right at the end there. but
0: <laughs> I think we're finding that there are some similar tropes in an Edgar Allan Poe story. What <clears throat> we are not learning is that he does give each of his stories unique titles <laughs> that somehow can be confusing. Um, well... <laughs> I think I I think I looked up
1: uh Roger Corman, Vincent Price, and that was the first that came up and I thought, sure, that's the one we're watching. <laughs> so I'm blaming Amazon on this one. Sorry, Amazon. You had
0: a one out of eight chance of being right. Well, that
1: pretty much explains my gambling history.
0: <laughs> so what happens in 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 uh in House of Usher is that the sister then falls into uh catalepsy where basically you go sort of tonic and it almost looks as if you are dead and then he basically
2: Oh, I have that. <laughs> <laughs> I have that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm oh, oh you that. do that? You I do that. have that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. it's like uh yeah. where you have no res- no response, loss yeah. of muscle control. Yep. Yep, barely you're breathing. So uh-huh. like, it basically seems like she's dead. So they bury yeah. her in
2: classic. They're mansplaining death to her. Oh, you must be
0: dead. Oh, <laughs> maybe she was just tired of
2: it all. <laughs> she was you know? just sleeping. Jeez.
0: Well, they had an
2: argument. Can a lady get catalepsy anymore these days?
1: This is really this is really different than the movie I watched so far.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet it is. Um,
0: <laughs> let me just say a couple things. Uh, wait.
2: how is it the same? <laughs> Any well, false deaths in yours, well a woman or... goes crazy
0: we know that so okay. that's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well i mean uh, in
1: this one she you could argue she's possessed but oh. you know mm. uh there, vincent price is in this
0: <laughs>
2: roger <laughs> corman locked.
1: roger corman directed it
2: <laughs>
0: yeah that's true that's
2: true i just like to and admit, and there's a one, one sorry go ahead mark no please Oh, I was just going to say that one one long weekend, like one three-day weekend, him and he's like, "Yay, Vince, you want to make eight movies? And Vincent's like, yes, I do. I'll be <laughs> over shortly. Because <laughs> I imagine that he just always sounds like uh-huh. all of the characters.
1: Was <laughs> yours <laughs> very much shot on a set and it looked like a giant set piece? Like almost like yes. a play? They, def-
0: they, yes. they, they all sort of were. They were all shot on sets like this. It felt um,
2: like it looked like it was shot in like a... Local theater production. Yeah, no, like same with mine. Same like, with the movie I watched. I was like, I'm pretty sure I did high school theater at this place where they shot mm-hmm. this
0: movie. <laughs> like, well, they actually borrowed a lot of the sets. They dressed them up differently, but they borrowed
2: the sets. Uh, they rent from, from Space like- Raiders. From
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
2: I was gonna say from the Rivertown players where I did most of my hometown yes. theater. Is
0: they went they they while they shot this in Hollywood, they went all the way out to southeastern Indiana to make I sure they get it. their sets. They knew it. I um, know they got them from Universal and they got a lot of like pre built sets and they went to a small soundstage. Uh, there is an opening a bit where he he uh sees mark damon like walk through this burned woods and that God, actually... every
2: time you say mark damon i just have to yeah, bite you, you, my tongue. yeah i know
0: it's hard not <laughs> to but he and he and that was actually them stealing a shot in uh griffith park in los angeles Ooh. which had just had a fire in fact roger wow. corman drove by it saw the fire saw them putting it out went there the next day with a small crew his a- actor a horse and just, and they had a fog machine and they just shot him walking through this burnt woods and they were like there, you know, so.
2: If I may interject, I think that's what I respect about Roger the most. He saw opportunities like that and mm-hmm. he just jumped on it. Yeah. Like, I really have so much respect hearing that, that he was like, hey, I need, I need a spot with a burnt down house. Let's yeah. do, let's go right. here tomorrow with a horse right. like. I just I love that.
0: Well, it matches like the plus. Uh, plus he was, Again, this is nothing oof. you've seen, but <laughs> <laughs> but it it matches the house that they have, which is like this yeah. mat. It's basically a mat painting on a mat painting where they actually show the house. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's similar to Mask of the Red Dead. There's a I lot of mat paintings. There are, but I would <laughs> yes. say also
1: that he was incredibly resourceful. I mean, think about the logistics yeah. of you you drive by Griffith Park. There's a fire. You think, I need this for my movie. This isn't in the days when you grabbed a buddy that did some lighting and you have your iPhone. You had to right, get right. film. You had to yeah. get the camera. You had to get people yeah. to do lighting. You had to get people sure. to get the sound. Like This is like, you had to make multiple phone calls to people. Hope sure. they yeah, were home. Hope they picked right. up. Yeah. And then right. got them there the next day. I mean,
2: yes. that guy, that's he must have
1: been the guy that was drove his friends mad. Was just like... He's like, "Roger's called me 5 times. He, I know he wa- I know he wants to do something tomorrow. I've got a thing. I've got to take my kids. We were supposed to go down to Griffith Park to ride on the train. I'd been promising this to my wife and Roger's calling me. I know he's going to want me to do something tomorrow."
0: <laughs> "Hey, hey, you can't you can't go to Griffith Park and get on the train cuz it burnt down. Everything <laughs> burned in Griffith Park. That's how they got that shot." "We are going to Griffith Park. That's the good news." <laughs> The bad news is... Roger's a, like, tell your wife, I'll fire. put her in a
2: background. She'll be a background actor in my movie, and I'll use your kid as a little person in Mask of the Red Death, and everything's going to be great. Wait,
1: is this the same movie that we're doing? No, Mask of the Red Death <laughs> is a different movie. Trust me, we'll there figure that right. out.
2: Mask of the Red Death is, is four
0: years later in 1964. Fast. This is ni- 1960. So we are actually like 10 years, 10 years oh. before Roger decides to start New World Pictures. Now, how wow. he makes this movie... Is because American International Pictures, which is essentially like the biggest inter- independent, yep, um, a- yep, <laughs> yep, yep, they uh, they yep. approached Roger Corman. Of course, he made he'd made a bunch of movies for them already. Yeah, but they approached him, and what they used to do is that they would do black and white movies, <clears throat> shoot them for about a hundred thousand dollars, and they would shoot two movies at once because they go into like um, drive-in theaters and they would just do a double bill. So you just make mm-hmm. like similar mm-hmm. movies on a similar set and right. you know shoot two at a time.
1: Which is not not too unusual not too different from what he did with New World Pictures.
0: C- correct. Correct. Though he yes. Uh, though he would often, like, for a double bill, he would just buy some movie from overseas and be like, let's slap that on with you know Velvet Vampire or whatever. Um <laughs> but That's uh what I'm saying. He's, yeah. resourceful. he's resourceful. He's resourceful. He is, ah. That guy he is getting he's getting a hundred grand from ten grand. Like yes, he really he does. Is. So what he does, they approach him and they say, Here's two, we're gonna we want you to do two more movies, a hundred grand a piece. Like, and he says, Hey, because he's getting tired of it at this point. He goes, How about. We d- you give me a little bit more than that, and I shoot one movie in color, and I shoot it in CinemaScope, uh, which they didn't shoot a lot of, and I do like a Poe picture, because to him, he thought, well, this will be real interesting, because kids at that point, <laughs> not now, but back then, I guess that was pretty much standard reading for high school, so they had to read Edgar Allan Poe stuff. Hmm. So it was like, hey, the teens know Edgar Allan Poe. And in fact, this movie... Sorry, Mark. House of Usher, not Mesco. <laughs> <laughs> I just I need to I need to I, clarify. I, <laughs> you I, I
2: thank to you. Thank
1: you. Hey, I, I was with you. I was like, okay, tell me more.
2: <laughs> Mark just, went river rogue for this bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he watched the
0: wrong movie. Oh. Anyway, um, this movie actually uh, sorry, House of Usher came out. <laughs> 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 Um, it came out in the summer of 1960 and was a big blockbuster hit in the
2: summer of 1960. He into the teens. In the Not teens. Not only is he resourceful, he was like, "Who likes movies? Teens? What do teens like?" Edgar Allan Poe. Let's do it. And like, and this is damn it, Roger. And you're this, genius. You're this, genius. This
0: year he also makes in 1960. He makes he makes a bunch of other movies, but also in 1960 he made Little Shop of Horrors. Which again, they that's shot right. on other sets mm-hmm. over a weekend. That's right. They yeah. basically cobbled and together he, a script, shot everything over like a full weekend, yeah. and they were like, "Cool, we got that movie, and that's another classic."
2: And during <laughs> the week, he was probably like hustling some other way, working. Oh, a job oh totally,
0: or absolutely. Like, he's got other he movies that came out in 1960 so as well. Like the guy, the guy was just like just. He Happy was a machine. Happy birthday, Rog. Happy birthday. Happy fucking birthday. Well, Man,
1: then then fa- fast forward like uh, 30, 33 years, did the same thing with Slumber Party Massacre. Everyone yeah. likes Everyone likes uh, a yes. good slasher movie. Let's That's make right. one.
2: Slashers. Teens love slashers. Yeah, That's what they're That's right. doing. Let's do it. He just gets it. He gets it.
0: Yeah, I think this one, like, it really shows, at least House of Usher, um though a lot of people do like masquerade Death, so please chime in how you felt about that um but i felt house of usher you have to kind of understand like you do have to understand it's a movie of its time it has a great score lexter baxter uh, baxter does the score it's got a great score but um it just it has a bit of a melodrama to
2: it wait what's his name lester baxter I believe so. Yeah. God, that's an amazing name. That is an amazing name, Les Baxter or Leslie. Sorry,
0: Leslie Baxter. Oh, Leslie. Les Mm. Baxter, though. Les Baxter. Yeah. Dope name.
2: Les Baxter. Um, But
0: you know, I felt like this showed a lot of craft. It's again, it does take place on a set. They are they they spent. um, Roger tells a story. I did have to watch two different commentaries.
2: But how many commentaries are there? Three.
0: There oh wow! Three, commentary wow.
2: Commentaries. Yeah,
0: I have this on the. So
2: guess what? Every other movie that has none, you're lazy. All yeah. right. Yes. House of exactly. Usher, or The Fall of the House of the Usher, or some people call it Mask of the Red Death, <laughs> has three commentaries. Okay. So, <laughs> if you can't even provide one commentary, you're lazy. You're lazy. I wondered why the AKA Life Was Better in Boston got
0: no love from Mark. I really thought <laughs> I that was. was good I him. was and like. He, He was just like, whatever that fucking means.
1: (laughs) I was so confused. I was like, this is nothing. uh, Well, okay, sure. I mean, movies get retitled all the time. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They talk constantly about how they met in Boston and then she went back to their home. So he's traveling to their home. (laughs) This one this is this is this is straight up Europe and in Mask of the Red Death, everyone. Okay.
2: Yeah. It's a Ma-
1: it's, it's little Europe of Boston that people go to visit.
2: When Mark watches it, he's gonna be cracking up. Uh, <laughs> Not <laughs> he's <gonna lose laughs> it he, then he's then. gonna be like, oh, <laughs> oh
0: Ryan, what a oh, great Ryan. joke. <laughs> Phenomenal. What a way to start a show. <laughs> um speaking of the way he he would utilize all the money. The end of House of Usher. Again, I'm not sure how Mask of Red Death ends, <laughs> but the end of it—not to spoil it too much—but the uh, we'd already mentioned that the house sort of comes down. Spoil it. Most of us have it, watched, and it. and it burns down. <laughs> two, or th- two, two out,
2: out three of the three us of us have watched,
0: have watched the, the movie we're supposed to watch.
2: Mark, hold your ears. We're going to spoil.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, don't bring, don't spoil it for me.
2: I really want to watch hold it tonight. Your Take your headphones off. We're going to spoil. Trust me, it. I'll oh. probably
1: end up watching a totally different movie anyway tonight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. He's like, ah, uh, let's watch the Tomb of Ligeia. That's what we're supposed to, ro- <laughs> supposed to watch, right? Um, uh, so they burned it burn it down, and you see a lot of the, the roof fall down. Now, yeah. how they shot that was because- <laughs> Roger burned his own house down. <laughs> he, he found a barn that they were honestly going to demolish, it, like Raj. in Orange County, and he said, how about we- we burn it down instead of demolishing it, and then we can film it. And he shot it with two cameras, which at the time was quite extravagant. And now they nowadays, if you're going to do some sort of big thing where you're going to do an explosion or you're going to do something like that, you shoot it from with several cameras yeah. all over the place. So he took two, and he actually then takes the footage. And so this, I don't know, the footage could be in Masquerade Death because he did use this footage of the like roof of this barn burning. He's you, he cut that into other films because. I mean, one thing we know did. about Roger, yeah. if he had something of quality, whether it be great footage of burning or a score from <laughs> from James Horner, yep. he's going to use it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if he put that into Masquerade Death. I don't know. I didn't nope. watch it. We weren't supposed to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> S-
1: says you. Says you. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was following director's orders and I knew exactly which one to watch.
0: (laughs) Well, let me just go through one more thing that I had because I I read this in, in fact, this is actually also read by one of the persons doing a commentary. And I had read this in his autobiography, how I made a hundred movies in Hollywood, never lost a dime where he talks about this. Now, a lot of this movie house of Usher," is he was reading Freud at the time and was really interested in, that, in those theories. And he was using some of those theories of the psychology in his own commentary. He says, I interpreted his theories, or perhaps I misinterpreted his theories. <laughs> so he's not trying to say he particularly got this all <laughs> correct. Uh, this is something he said in that I read in his uh, autobiography that I was like, holy shit, I didn't get this from the movie at all. So I will be asking both of you, even though I know one of you never saw this movie. So this is what he says. I was also using what I knew of Freud's dream interpretations and my own analysis to make the picture work on an unconscious, symbolic plane as well. Horror can be a reenactment of some long suppressed fear that has seized a child, even a baby, a dream, a taboo. A fear gets locked in the subconscious. In dealing with suspense at a later stage of development, the house can be seen, the house in House of Usher,
1: Not the castle in Mask of the Red Death.
0: No, 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 no. Everybody pay attention.
1: Pay attention.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The house can be seen as a woman's body. Oh, come on. In dealing with suspense at a later stage of development, the house can be seen as a woman's body with its openings. Windows, doors, arches. The corridor becomes a woman's vagina.
2: No! The deeper
0: you go into the dark hallways, then, the deeper you are delving into, say an adolescent boy's first sexual stirrings. There are contradictory urges, an irresistible attraction and desire for sex and the fear of the unknown and illicit. The very ambivalence builds tension. Put together correctly, the classic horror sequence is the equivalence of the sexual act. The sharp, shocking event at the end of that releases the tension, uh, that releases the tension, excuse me, is the equivalent of the orgasmic climax. A comedian building tension successfully to get to a punchline gets a laugh at the climax. A director in a horror genre does the same, but gets a scream. Either way, there is growing tension and release, all analogous to the rhythms of a sexual act. Hmm. Interesting theory. Didn't get that from the movie per se. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm have not that sure if I was fall like all
2: the house of the usher. What is it? Fall <clears> of <throat> the house of the red usher. Death. The fall master. of the house of usher. <laughs> got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the
0: fall of the mask of the red usher.
2: Yikes.
0: <clears throat> Death.
2: I don't know that I got sexual experience from it. I have to think about that. Yeah, now.
0: I don't know um, uh, that stuff.
2: Like, it's not particularly sexy. I'm not gonna no, lie. No,
0: no, no. But it does. It it. it I do love the idea. And I think he does explore this pretty well of the house sort of being this living thing. Yeah. Now in order to get the guys to at AIP to sign off on the movie, they said, okay, you want to do like house of usher? What do you, what are you going to, you know, what, what, what's the monster? Like, what are you going to do? Like, there's no monster. Yeah. And he says, well, the house is the monster. Hmm. And in that, like there's a, a very ornate, um, chandelier. Not, chandelier. Thank you. So there's a very ornate chandelier and that falls and almost, you know, kills Philip. Uh, so like, and then the, there's cracking in the walls and the mm. walls, are, the house is always shifting. So there's like imminent danger, just being in the house. Like the house itself is, is a character. And I think that that's something that he utilized very well. He also, largely the scripts are all done by Richard Matheson and Richard Matheson mm. is the one who took this short story and made it into the movie. And, and while, I do think house watch watching it a couple of times. I think House of Usher does feel, and it's a very short running time. It still feels a little stretched. There's some parts yeah. where I'm like, we're definitely taking a short story and trying to stretch it mm-hmm. a little bit. But I still felt like, I mean, it's Richard Matheson. It's still a good script. Yeah, like everyone's a- like acting their asses off. I really thought it really showed a great deal of craft. Mm-hmm. Um, some some people I have read call this like. Corman's masterpiece.
2: Oh, shit. We will have to Mark. see. Plug your ears. <clears throat> Plug your ears I don't
0: know, Mark. You tell us about Mask of Red Death. How good was that? Uh, in com- I'd love to say in comparison, but since you haven't watched House of Usher, how, much, how, how did you enjoy it in lieu of? Oh, well, uh,
1: it, it, the way it shot is, it's quite beautiful. And I don't know in House of Usher how much he used a lot of dolly shots, but in this case, the camera was always moving, which was yes. really fun to yes. watch. Um, the, the, set dressing and just like the way it was set up was really well done. Like I, if, I wouldn't have guessed this was a Roger Corman production. Now, granted, I assume when someone says Roger Corman, I think of something relatively, you know, low, more low budget. And this felt like sure. a big budget movie. Right. Um, I wouldn't say that the house ever felt like a vagina to me. Uh a, a <laughs> That woman, was just
0: for this one. That's just for this movie. Oh, I'm well, maybe sorry. Maybe on a
2: rewatch. Maybe on a rewatch. <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
1: A, a, a woman does burn an upside down cross on her bosom, and I thought that was pretty fucking hardcore. And I was like, All right, now I'm in. All right. There there's some Christian death in this. I'm in.
0: Um <laughs> very goth. Super God uh, there
1: there is a there is a little person that's played by a young girl and when she talks she she has the voice of a grown woman and that creeped me out a little bit and uh, <laughs> so that was a little weird. There's a you know a red devil playing tarot cards a lot uh, and, a, and a guy who is uh, you know trying to save his his betrothed who has been captured by Vincent Price's character. Uh, and uh, you know, so you know, there are there are ironically some
0: similarities. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I think that has to do all stem from the Poe aspect of
2: did R- did Richard Matheson write the Mask of the Red Death as well? I mean, I know we didn't watch it, and there's no Rand's research on it, but I'm just curious if he. Uh, Adapted
0: that as well. It does not look like he wrote that movie as well.
1: No, he did he, not. <laughs> he did write
0: a good deal of them, but I don't think he wrote that particular one. I think he Just does curious. like yeah. the next one, but I don't think he did that.
1: But uh, not in this which case. Again, so,
2: makes me respect Corman a lot because Richard Matheson, you know, is a good writer, especially mm-hmm. if you enjoy that kind of, you know, dark or twisted or you know, sort of anxiety fueled yeah. writing. <laughs> He to does. Do.
0: <laughs> he did. So. Pit, he did the pit in the pendulum, which is the next uh, Corman or the next uh, Edgar Allan Poe Corman movie.
1: Yeah, this yeah. one that I watched he is, the, the, is the seventh of the of the series. So the I, seventh, eighth, you know, I'm, I I'm getting getting the later, the late the the penultimate, oh, the, the penultimate oh, yes. of, of yeah. the series.
0: Yeah. So he did a few of the early ones, and I think then they move on. Like, he didn't do all of them, but yeah, yeah I do think that that, that 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 that's similar though in that. You know, like I said, he did Little Shop of Horrors this year. He's coming off of like, I think 1959 or 58 is him doing the Wasp Woman and a bunch of these just very, you know, exploitative, you know, uh, you know, he he's a guy who makes Attack of the Crab Monsters, which, again, is not a bad movie at all. But it's like, you know, it is what it is. It's like a movie about uh,
1: uh, was was that a movie that I was supposed to also watch and I screwed up on? <laughs> did I? No,
0: no. No, you had you had what you really had one movie to watch, and you and I
1: that and up. I <laughs> nailed it, nailed it.
2: You blew, no, you blew it. Um, but th- they talked about. Actually, you're just ahead of the game. Now, when we catch up to you.
1: I'll be like, hmm, you guys didn't watch House of Usher. I
2: see. We'll, I watch, see. The, we'll watch Mask of the Red Death. <laughs> Death. You can watch House of Usher. And, and then,
0: then we can compare notes yeah, then we'll on swap. his next birthday. We'll
2: swap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, they, they in one of the commentaries, they talked about how he was not as aware of the Hammer movies, which I think this has a lot of similarities. Yes, very much. To sort of the, he, according to Corman, he was not as aware of the <clears throat> Hammer movies, which they do not buy. They are like, that's, I doubt it.
1: That's BS. I mean, Mask of the Red Death feels so much like a Hammer movie. It feels like a, a, like a British production.
0: I mean, it, I say absolutely. I mean, in terms of House of Usher. Uh, I don't know in terms of the movie you watch because I did not watch it. But <laughs> Trust me on
1: this. You would be agreeing with me. So just roll with it. It is. It feels like a Hammer production. A bit of a boring Hammer production because there's not a lot that happens. It's only a brief 89 minutes, but... It takes a while to get where it's going.
0: Got it. Yeah, this one I do think kind of like definitely feels weird right off the bat. It definitely mm-hmm. jumps into the story. It takes a little bit of time, but it's, and to your point about the camera moving, it does have the camera move a lot. And Corman talks about the fact that he knew it's dialogue heavy. So he really tried to move the camera around a lot. He tries to really have a lot of like depth to the shots. Yes, yes, yes. A lot. They they would spend nights. He tells a story and it's retold in the other commentary where he and the set dresser would basically, they would ask AIP to pay for their dinners and they would go out to dinner after each day's shoot and have a couple drinks. And then they would go to the set afterwards and they would just like, figure out the next day shoots and figure out how they were going to shoot this stuff and, uh, really talk about it and really work on the sets themselves. And, you know, so they were always trying to like still maximize the amount of money that they were and by, spending, which is next, not that much, to be honest, though, he, this was shot in 15 days, which is the most he had ever used to shoot a movie. He had never shot. Oh, and you, he never shot over two weeks for any movie that until he shot house of usher. So, this is just a very sort of lavish thing for him and it really paid off because it not only and not only that, it saved AIP. Mm. This is 1960s so like you know double bills of black and white exploitation films were sort of falling out of favor and it sort of got things going for them and that's why they ended up making you know seven more after this movie um, all for AIP and he basically kind of like put them back on the map and it is through I think his, production company at the time, which I believe was Alta Vista. I think it was called Alta Vista. Like
1: the search engine back in the nineties.
0: Yep, exactly. That's what they were doing. It Now we know what an homage that was.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Only now do we appreciate it. I still am not sure
0: what the homage is for GeoCities, but we'll figure that out. We'll, we'll find get, out. get there. We'll find there. there. Find if there. Out. if yeah. you can
1: find the old new world pictures uh, Website that I put up in the late '90s on GeoCities, where we were reviewing these movies. This is pre-podcast, everybody. This is (laughs) like you had to just write them, old school style. Uh, If someone can find that, please send me. Like I have done a little wayback
0: machine search on that, haven't been able to find it. You can't find it? No, I can't find it.
1: So if someone can find that for me, please.
0: It got swallowed up by GeoCities. Well,
1: GeoCities got sold, but someone. There are a couple of websites that actually re or like indexed everything from GeoCities before it was swallowed up to keep everything, but I haven't been able to find it. I would I would assume that there was so much to like so much to uh, store that they kind of looked at what are the most visited, most robust sites and only saved those. This one, spoiler, was not either of those <laughs> not, as not robust nor not robust. <laughs> nor did anyway nor did anyone outside of you Ryan and Justin ever go and look at it so
0: yep. <laughs> and we wrote for it i believe yes too, yeah. So. yeah we did yeah. so
2: maybe Roger saved it Maybe
0: he did. Maybe he did. He's
2: like, I can reuse this at some point. (laughs) (laughs) I can reuse this.
0: Uh, So, yeah, I I have to say, uh, I enjoyed it. This is a good movie. Really showed to me, like, Roger had some craft as a director. He knew what he was doing. It's interesting to me, you know, as we go through these movies and we delve a lot into that early era of New World Pictures, where Roger was really sort of taking off. It's interesting to me that he stopped directing. Like he doesn't direct a single movie for new world pictures. He's purely a producer at that point. And it's interesting that he kind of did this and got into all this because he really knew, like, I know how to make money off this stuff. I mean, it's like, it's not yeah. to say that he doesn't have craft and he doesn't know how to do what he's doing. Cause watching these movies, you're like, no, this guy knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Even some of his earlier, much more schlocky B pictures, he knows what he's doing. He yep. knows how to make a decent movie. Yeah. And I think this is what sets him apart. And these movies are just like, at least this one that we watched, and potentially Mask of Red Death too, I don't know. But um <laughs> it uh <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not
1: gonna spoil it for you. Just you no, have to watch you. it yourself. Thank you, Mark. Thank,
0: thank you, Mark. Thank, thank you. you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. But it really showed like, man, he really was such a he's really a very good director and he really mm-hmm. knew how to do this. And then he kind of moves into like just producing. I'm just going to produce movies and make money off of them Mm -hmm. and then help these. So if people have issues, I know how to help them because I have done so much of this directing and it almost feels like he'd done, he did so much that he kind of like, eh, I don't need to like be the director of the movie. I can just produce it and produce a bunch more movies. It's like he like almost went beyond it or graduated beyond it where most people would be, Un, you know, would be thrilled to make as many movies as Roger Corman directed. He even directed like a great number of films by the time for our podcast purposes. He, we're not going to talk about a lot of the stuff he directed because he, it wasn't released by New World Pictures.
1: Well, but I think w- he, uh, uh, at some point he probably looked at he had directed a lot of movies and he'd made a lot of relationships or done a lot of relationship building during that time. Right. And probably looked at it and said, you know, certainly from a craft standpoint, I have done what I needed to do. I've made like the everything from exploitation movies to Mask of the Red Death. And at a certain point, <laughs> <laughs> at a certain point, you say, but you know where the money is? On the producer side. Sure. And yeah. uh, I, I people can, if you want to tell me I don't know anything about making a movie, you can look at all of the movies I directed. I definitely know how to make a movie. But if I want to leave a lasting legacy and also fill my bank account with copious amounts of cash, then I'm going to get on the on the business side of the house. And, you know, so I don't I don't blame him for transitioning. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. sure that he I'm sure that he had some influence, certainly in the early movies of how they were shooting it. Um, I'm sure that he was more involved with, you know, how you make these movies come alive and, and get, especially given the budget, even though he wasn't actually physically directing. But, you know, he, he recognized that I've met all these people, I have all these friends, they're all in the business, they all want to direct, they all want to write. All I've got to do is find the funding. And then, mm-hmm. yes, I'll pay all of them. And that's great. But the person who makes the most money is the one who finds the funding. And if you can nail that and repeat it as he did, in, given the name of his
0: book then why would you go back to directing it's interesting that like you're say like he has all brought in all these different people which he certainly did it's interesting though that he still like has a sense of like what is going to sell and what will make money so like when he does humanoids from the deep which was clearly going to originally be a much more deep picture about you know what putting stuff in the water right, and yeah. right, right. it's a very environmental much more of a dramatic movie, movie. Yeah. and yeah. roger said mm, that's nice let's get a different guy to direct a bunch of scenes with tits and stuff. Yeah. And
2: then, He's and, like, I, I agree. Pollution sucks, but you know what sells? Is right. titties. Yeah.
0: People don't want to get bummed out. And while well, I think that's a bummer for Barbara Peters who directed the movie and was very upset about it. And I get why I understand why she's upset, but Roger had a sense of like, yeah, but I know what's going to make money. And that's, yeah. you know, you know what he did. So, so very well I, I, for the record. Uh, I watched this particular movie on um a Vincent Price collection that was released by Scream Factory which I watched that's how I got all the different uh commentaries it also I believe three. has three
2: you got three, three commentaries in three, one movie it's
0: three commentaries and it also has a, an hour long which I did not get to jump into an hour long audio only interview with Vincent Price wow oh wow i mean Jeez. yeah i mean and i just didn't does, have does time he talk to, about Mask to, of the Red to, Death <laughs> <laughs> He might. what well, what's funny is that in that in this collection is the co- for, uh, number one collection. It, it has actually been reissued, and there is a sale right now oh. for Shout Factory mm. where they are doing a Roger Corman birthday sale.
2: Oh. <laughs> Happy birthday to you, Raj. We didn't watch the right movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: but maybe <laughs> oh, and maybe oh, in the, oh, maybe in that right. interview he talked about like yes, but I remember all the similarities and how people right, really confused. Right. House of Usher with right. Mask of the Red Death, and he
0: might start to talk about something. And <laughs> yeah. Go, oh, I'm sorry. I'm actually talking about.
1: Sorry, I get like, like, like many people in the 1960s, they <laughs> confuse these movies together, and it seems to be a problem all through time.
2: <laughs> Does it? Um,
0: but it also in that collection is Mask of Red Death, so we will be able to. We can watch that See? now. See. Yeah.
1: See. Yeah. Even Scream Factory knows.
0: Uh, yes. So so you can watch it that way. You can also um, not watch it and watch a different Edgar Allan Poe movie. Some but people why? prefer to do that. Why do that? <laughs> now, I, I,
1: again, it, it, I know we didn't watch the same movie, but I really respected the camera work. And what you said about the depth of the scenes and the way he shot it, the, not only is the camera moving... But the camera's moving not just like side to side, but there's also where it moves and pivots around to show the kind of the depth of the room. And I, I mean, I, the, the, the craft that went into the movie, I really respected. The lighting, the set dressing, yes, it's a lot of sets. Yes, it's a lot of matte paintings. But it looks really good. and it does. And yeah, does. The, the outfits, the whole way it's set up, it, I was really like, I mean... It's a great movie. Not really. It, it, it's it's a little boring. The movie I watched. Um, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I'll be the judge of that. Right. Yeah, I mean, so next we'll, year, next to year, I next year. You have yet to
0: watch it next so year. I'll be the judge of
2: that. Who next
0: knows? Year. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I, I agree with you. The House Husher also had like, and you have to kind of understand. You're going to see sort of the very melodramatic. You know, we're coming right out of the fifties, so it's a different era. But uh, so there are a lot of scares it's interesting to listen to him talk with a commentary because when there are scary moments which to me are not traditional jump scares as we know it from like horror films of the 80s and 90s um, but they were like the jump scares of the 60s i guess or the 50s and you're like okay but he was like oh that one was a real scream that uh, people really were terrible. and i'm like okay but we we're, we're coming at it from a much you know from much later period so you're looking at it especially now Um, And this year, to look at it, it's like, oh, that doesn't seem very scary at the time. So you have to sort of, they're all products of their time.
1: And I wonder, so when I I watch or when I show my daughter, who is 13 going on 14, a movie like John Carpenter's A Thing, I wonder Mm. if she is... And we've only watched like the first 15 minutes of it. And it wasn't because she like didn't want to watch it. It's just we had to go do other things. And so that's all as far as we got. But I wonder if she's looking at that. Like there was certainly a period of time between the 1950s, 1960s, up to say the very early 70s. That horror movies didn't have the jump scares, just like you explained. And it was more about atmosphere and more about a, a sense of dread. Which is mm-hmm. not wrong. It's mm-hmm. very interesting, and and really it, that can be very very scary in its own right. But I wonder if she's looking at a movie from 1982 and going, "This is not scary," like it, like us watching our parents' horror movies, like Hammer sure. movies and such, and being like, "You sure. thought this was scary? This is not scary at all. This is just dumb."
0: Um, and, yeah, it, it it is interesting to see which one would actually like hold true to a newer generation because. Mark, you and I, are we watched John Carpenter's The Thing. Right. We're incredibly scared and into it. Yes. And then our father said, hey, you know what? I should show you the thing from another, another world. Right.
1: The Howard Hawks movie.
0: Yeah. Which he saw as a kid and was scared, so scared in the movie theater. And we were like, having watched John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. Seeing some guy just be The Thing. Yeah. Just some dude. The Thing is just some dude, not like... Mm -hmm. this creature that can take the shape of a dog or take the shape of a person or be a shape of several dog faces in him. And Mm -hmm. also this, so it was like this guy and he was just like, right. And we were like, Mark and I were like, uh, (laughs) no, this isn't scary at all. So, so I
1: wonder if my daughter looks at, at, at John Carpenter's thing and goes, uh, this is not scary in the least.
0: Yeah, but I, I,
1: I and and I want to clarify too, and I know helicopters going over right now, so I apologize for that. But I want to clarify also uh, when you said we saw it as a kid and we were terrified. Uh, that is still one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Oh, I can watch sure. it anytime, for any day, and I think it is one of the best. We could do a whole bonus episode on that, but that would oh. be for a different show, not this for one. Sure. But I think it's for I, sure. I
2: I I totally agree with you guys. I don't think it's the. Okay, part of it is the age, the time, the, you know, where you were. Did you see it in a drive-in? Does that make something more creepy? Did you see it in the theater? Does that, you kind of get the, you get swept up in the audience's, you know, Mm -hmm. fear Mm -hmm. and concern. But I also think when you have a really solid horror movie like The Thing, where it's set up from the beginning that this isn't going to go well. Yeah. Things aren't going well when it's when that kind of dread and hopelessness when that theme carries through the mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter when you see it because I did not see the thing until I was much older, and I still think it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. and the, I didn't see it until the, it was much the score, older. I didn't the see it mood, exactly. the, when, it's, it's, when the environment and the tone is set early on. I don't think it matters <laughs> when you see it. Yeah, you're gonna be.
0: And, pr- and practical effects. Yeah, so, like, it does, it, it's what it won't suffer from. I think what Mark's talking about is just whether or not that kind of filmmaking is going to hold yes, up. absolutely. That's what but I'm the, saying. But the, 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 the dread and the sort mm-hmm. of like, I think it's still very effective. The score, the way he builds mood and tension. I, I have to, I guess, look at that Antarctic base as a woman's vagina. I don't know. I mean, that's just. <laughs> <laughs> what Rogers told if me. Raj I, I, did it, if I'm, I'm
1: going to go watch that movie. I'm going to watch the thing tonight and think about it through the yeah. lens of it's a woman's as vagina. The, as <laughs>
0: they walk around that camp, is a walk down a corridor? Is that a woman's vagina? And this but is I their think... first sexual experience? I don't know. I don't know. I I have to look at it with when Doc goes slushies.
1: into McCready's little. Uh, <laughs> is that the woman's breast that he's <laughs> <laughs> digging into, or is that the <laughs> source <laughs> of the? Vagi- is that
2: I Doc's mean, first it, experience? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think
0: a lot of the a lot of the <laughs> the practical effects of that movie will not age terribly so that's one thing where I think that the when it comes to practical effects I understand why a lot of people don't deal with practical effects because it is uh mo- harder to deal with yeah, can add more time it's very it unpredictable could not go well and, but yeah. but when you do have it 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 feels like the it doesn't a- the movie does not age as badly yeah. because Maybe think, maybe when you look at the, like the computer that McCready uses and his well old and chess, the stop motion know. of the chess master
1: the stop motion of the creature is a little yeah. it, that yes yeah, it's okay. a little at the end yes because so when, when he wraps the yeah, dynamite he, right yeah. but when he, they yeah, do yeah, the yeah. close up and it's not and it's practical and the slime and the whole look that still looks incredibly yeah. good it, yeah. it just yeah it, and even. When the hands That's get cut off, That's what sold me on Critters,
2: on the late Critters movies, was the sliminess slime and that like- Slime makes all the difference. Yucky kind of mm-hmm. it stretches mm-hmm. and it's- mm-hmm. You're same like, thing, oh, alien. Same, alien. same thing alien. with alien. alien. Oh.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The slime sure. makes it. Anything wet yeah. is gross. Mm-hmm. Oh. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Or, or not only wet, but that wet, the kind of like- you're The like, sticky wet. Oh Well- <laughs> like, a, like an egg yolk where you're like, yeah. oh, God. <laughs>
0: But that moment, too, when they first, like, take that dog and Wilford Brimley sort of, like, takes the dog fur off of it. And Mm -hmm. you see this sort of, like, the just sort of, like, marbled mass of, like, muscle and tissue, which essentially was, which actually was, like, a glass sculpture that they made. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, wow. And it's, like... But it looks just like, and it's like steaming off. Yes, of it. Is yeah. This oh. You then, can almost so smell
1: dangerous. it. You can that smell that. Sense. You're like yeah. that steam oh, comes yeah. up, and you're like, oh, that's got to smell awful. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. But I think she'll be into it because you showed her Stranger Things.
1: Yes, and she right? loves Stranger Things and she loved things. it. Love so it. Loves I think it. she's
2: our, I think she'll like this. Yeah, it could. It, she could
0: really be into it. It's true. You know. Well, uh, the thing, another movie we weren't supposed to watch for this podcast. <laughs> 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 happy birthday, Roger!
2: <laughs> but,
0: but uh, uh, an obvious love for us as well. But uh, yeah, that was uh, well. That was good. That was good. We did it. Happy birthday, Roger Corman. Happy, happy birthday! birthday happy
1: happy birthday!
0: Uh, unbelievable! Well, I'm sure he's listening. So yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that brain. I,
1: if he is, man, yeah. <laughs> happy. God, honestly, happy birthday! He's
2: amazing! I um, for us. Yeah. <laughs> if he is, I I well, wonder. If he is, just know that. No matter how many shitty things I've said, I truly love and respect you, Roger. Yes, absolutely.
0: And uh, yeah, happy 95. Many more to come. Uh, Thanks for listening to our podcast. We'll be back soon. We've got a lot of really great movies coming up in 2021 that we're going to talk about from New World Pictures. Plus, you're going to get a lot of bonus episodes where we will talk about different movies not just New World stuff. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, including our rewatch of Cuffs. Oh, <laughs> such a good yeah. movie. So good. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> we'll get there. Um, plenty of great stuff coming up, so we hope you stick with us and rate and review us if you can. That would be awesome. Um, write us, info at New World Podcast. We want to hear from you. You can also hit us up on Twitter and Instagram, and we'll see you next time on the New World Podcast. Happy birthday, Raj. Happy birthday, Raj. Happy birthday, Raj.